everyone. This is Sean Horwell. You are once again listening to the Never Heard of It podcast, the podcast where we talk about movies that have slipped just right on through our cracks. And I'm joined today by my co-crack. And say hello, sir. What, what, what's your name, crack? Uh, Craig uh, sl- sl- Slippery Crack Moorhead. <laughs> God. Uh, that sounded terrible. Yeah. Well, Aside from that, how are you, Craig? I'm doing great, Sean. How are you doing? I'm doing great, too, man. I'm excited to talk about this movie we're going to talk about today. Yeah. Uh, I think we found some cool stuff. I imagine you did, too. Found a few and things. So uh, before we yeah, before we do that, let me just tell everybody, as always, go to neverheardpodcast.com. Find everything you need, all the links, all the back episodes. And let's see, uh, hopefully you've watched uh, Fear and Desire, the first Stanley Kubrick movie, which we talked about last time and uh, have been thinking that one over and can get back to us on <laughs> what it's all about. Yeah. Well, just what some of it, what some of it's all about. You know, I think the rest of it uh, we maybe don't want to know. And uh, what else was I going to say, Craig? Uh, we always like suggestions and we like uh, reviews on iTunes. All that stuff is nice. Love that. Reviews for this show. I don't really care about uh, yeah. reviews for other, yeah. <laughs> well, you can send clear. us those. I mean, that, you know. Sure. I might read it, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, specifically this podcast. Mm-hmm. So, Craig, mm. we're talking about a movie today. We're teeing it up. You picked yeah. it. And uh, why don't you tell us what it is and why you picked it? Here's the deal. Uh, in March of 1974... The whole, uh, the whole uh, Watergate scandal was really coming to a head. It was, uh, mm-hmm. it was, it was, it was, it was, it, w- it wasn't good. Things were not looking good. <laughs> not looking so hot. So I, so I picked this Robert Altman film called Secret Honor, which has to do with Mr. Nixon. I haven't seen it. It was, it was kind of surprised to me whenever I first even learned about it. There was just this little Philip Baker Hall Robert Altman movie. Where it's nothing but mm-hmm. uh, 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 PBH, just just talking it, talking it like he's walking it for an hour and a half, mm-hmm. and nothing nothing sounded better. And 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 there was kind of a, you know, uh, since there was a, uh, god damn it, everybody can tune out now. Just <laughs> just go listen nope. to your Mark Marin, uh, but um. Since there was, since it kind of dovetailed with a little bit of history, I figured that would be a good pick for this one. It's not the most never heard of it movie though, which I feel a little guilty of. I feel well, like both fact, of mine uh, are not super never heard of it, and so, but uh, but still, it's I think it's a pretty rarely seen movie. So hopefully, people will find it interesting. Well, I was gonna say I this is one of the rare movies that I've actually seen yeah. before we've done. But I'm really excited to watch it again. And yeah, like learning a little bit about it, which we'll talk in a second. Oh man, this super limited release of this movie. And yeah, I, I think a lot of people have not seen this movie. And I think it, it got skipped over quite a bit, even in the day and yeah. even in retrospect to a degree. Although, we should say, there is a criterion, at least DVD out there. And it was on Filmstruck, which is where I watched it. And I'm looking at the poster right now, and it's got a wonderful tagline. That says anyone can be the president. Mm-hmm. That's true. But 
You know, I don't know. I'm, you know, you're going to give us a little background on the cast and the crew. Obviously, the cast is just one person. So I thought that'd be kind of short. But I, I, I wanted to say right up front, part of the reason why I'm really excited to watch this was last week sometime, I was thinking of just how uninformed, even though I've seen this movie, I still remain about Nixon and the Watergate sc- scandal specifically. Yeah. And found a podcast, not to plug another podcast, but I'm going to plug it because it was great, mm. called Slow Burn, and it's by Slate. And it is entirely about the Watergate scandal and the people involved in it. It's about eight episodes, if I'm not mistaken. It came out earlier last year, I believe, and it's all up and done. Or no, I, I apologize. Maybe that came out this year. Anyway, uh, it's great. It, I really, really recommend it. Uh, it was really enlightening to me in a lot of ways, in which we'll probably get into when we do the full episode and get into some of the details of the content of this movie and this fictionalized uh, descent into Nixon's rambling monologue. Indeed. So, Craig... Who the hell made this movie other than Robert Altman and Philip Baker Hall? Well, here's the deal. Uh, A gentleman named Robert Altman directed it. Oh, well, yeah. Let me uh, me start off with him. (laughs) I won't go too deep into him. Obviously, uh, he's made all of your favorite movies. Uh, Mm -hmm. He started off making documentary shorts, though. Uh, Made quite a few of them, it looks like. Then he really had a long stint in TV, writing for TV Mm -hmm. and directing TV. He did... Alfred Hitchcock presents Bonanza. I mean, he was he was just all over the place. And then he made a bunch of terrific movies. So that's Robert Altman. We all know him. Everybody loves Robert Altman. Uh, of course, you have Philip Baker Hall, as you as you might have mentioned earlier. Uh, did you know he was he once he once uh, he was he was on Good Times once. Good no Times. Kidding. Yeah, check out JJ's fiance part two. That's a two parter <laughs> episode. He's in the okay. second one. Yeah. Uh, nice. he was, uh, he, he, he was on MASH in an episode of MASH and he was in just tons of 80s shows. Mm-hmm. Um, where, did you ever watch Hardcastle and McCormick? I don't, I don't know that name at all, really. Okay. Should I? Okay. 80s show. As I remember, it had a Lamborghini on it. That's the only reason I even remember it. Oh, that's good enough for me. Yeah. yeah. Anywho. But then he starts, he starts hitting all these great movies, right? Midnight Run. Mm-hmm. Three o'clock high. Uh, later on in, in the thing, he's he's in he's in Heart Eight. He's really fantastic in Magnolia. He's just been in a billion movies. I I don't know how you can't love Philip Baker Hall. So, but skipping over him, uh, let's get to the writers, Sean. So, Sean, I don't know if you know this. I probably don't. But writers are very important to the, uh, the filmmaking process, and. Uh, this movie had at least two writers. They were Donald Freed and Arnold M. Stone. Now, Ar- Arnold M. Stone was the playwright of Secret Honor. And uh, so his, his filmography is not much more extensive than that. But uh, Donald gotcha. Freed wrote two other movies. Executive Action in 1973. Not the Steven Seagal one. And uh, Of Love and Shadows in, 1990, in 1994. Uh, I'm not familiar no. with either one of those movies. You? No, no. Executive Action sounds like a good like Steven Seagal movie though, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. They should make one in in the in the in the yeah. mid '90s. Uh, <laughs> but he was an actor, 
uh, Donald Freed. He he seemed to do most of his uh, work acting. He appeared on Father Knows Best, things like that. Um, uh, that's Donald Freed. That's the, those are our writers giving us this uh, this action packed film about uh, mm-hmm. about Richard Nixon. Now, music was by George Burt. <laughs> He also did the music for Altman's Fool of for, yes. uh, Fool for Love. He only did uh, four or five movies. Not a, not an extensive filmography there. Here's something interesting: the DP was Pierre Mignot, which is probably not how you pronounce his name. Very good, thank you. Yeah, uh, most of his filmography, and it's a tall order. Most of it looks like just absolutely just French films, top to bottom, and then you kind of have some Altman films. Peppered in there, <laughs> yeah, and uh, and huh. and 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 so yeah, so you know he 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 did OC and Stiggs, Fool for Love, uh, Come Back to the Five and Dime, Jimmy Dean, Jimmy Dean, as well as Secret Honor, obviously, mm-hmm. and uh, he also worked on the Schwarzenegger movie The Sixth Day. No kidding, it's true. Kind of makes me just want to go a- look at that. Seems like a really amazing wow. choice. Like I don't. Kind of don't see yeah. where the jump happened, where he did like this movie, and they were like, "We got to get that guy for a big action blockbuster." <laughs> um, Give this guy a Schwarzenegger yeah. movie. Yeah, clearly he is loved because he has done a lot of work. Have you seen OC and Stiggs? Do you know anything? No, about I this haven't. Movie? Is that like is it well, James Conn like, or somebody right, who's in that? I can't tell you, but it's a National Lampoon's movie, uh, or at least there it was. They were behind it, and yeah, directed by Altman. So oh, wow. uh, that's on my list now to go yeah. check out at some point. Yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. Anyway, continue. I, I'm sorry to interrupt. I just read that like right before we started recording. I was like, "What is this business?" Anyway. No, yeah. that's yeah. No, that's that's good to know. Uh, definitely should check that out, all you uh, Altman National Lampoon fans. That Venn diagram, <laughs> wherever you're right in the middle there. Uh, the movie was edited. Uh, it was edited by Juliet Weber. Secret Honor was her first feature. Most of her career was wow. pretty heavy in news, Sean. A lot of real sex and front line huh. and front sex. Yeah. Um, what, but hey, whoa. I mean, it's kind of one of the best kinds of sex, really. Uh, <laughs> that's the main... So that's my team. Uh, but let's talk briefly, very briefly, because I don't know all the ins and outs, about the, re- the big event behind it, Sean. Now, you mentioned at the yeah. top of the show... Something called Watergate. Now, what is a Watergate? It doesn't make any sense. Here's the deal. Watergate is a hotel here in D.C. where I am. I've stayed there, as a matter of fact. What? Are you in there right now? I'm standing in the lobby of Watergate right now in 1973. With a microphone? Yes. Oh, my God. It has a very long cord because there's no cordless stuff in the 70s. (laughs) That's true. Uh, Here's wow. here's the really dumb version of what happened. Okay, so in the early 1970s, uh, there were these uh, group of like former FBI and CIA agents, right? They broke into the uh, Democratic National Convention offices and and George McGovern's offices, right? He was the candidate for president. It was going to yes. run against Nixon. Yep. Uh, did run against Nixon, mm-hmm. right? And uh, I'll check Not that well. later. Not very well. No, but yeah. No, it didn't go well. No, but um, so these dudes, uh, they, they tapped phone lines and they stole papers. And uh, basically Nixon was connected to all of it. They, they were able to connect him to all of that illegal stuff. 
And so he resigned in, I believe it was August of 1974, so he would not be impeached and charged with crimes. So don't hold that against the Watergate if you're coming to D.C. It's a beautiful hotel. (laughs) Right? I mean, mean, you're not going to get charged with crimes just for going there. No, I mean, if you want to stay somewhere where there's some cool history, Mm -hmm. I can, you know, think a few better places, I would imagine, right? It's true. It's true. It's right there on the water. It's beautiful out there. You're being paid a lot for your time, so let's get right to your uh, section of the show. (laughs) Okay, well, uh, I'm going to... It's interesting. I'm not actually going to talk much about money at all in my section, Mm -hmm. but I started my research and fortunately found something on the AV Club that basically, I'll just read exactly what they wrote. It said, when Robert Altman made Secret Honor in 1984, he was a filmmaker in exile, a once powerful iconoclast whose raging indifference to the demands of commerce first banished him to the edges of Hollywood and then off the studio radar altogether. By the mid-80s, Altman was teaching film at the University of Michigan, where he filmed Secret Honor. And so, uh, yeah, I read that on the AV Club and was like, wait a second, what? <laughs> I, did, you know, did you know that he had taught at the University of Michigan? I knew he, I I mean, knew he taught some, yeah. I want to say that was in, uh, what was the Raging Bulls book? Easy Riders. Easy Riders. Riders, Riders, Riders. I want to say it was later. Anyway, I knew he he did some teaching. I didn't know know that. Although I did know from this, from doing this research, that, yeah, that it was filmed at University of Michigan. And so that connected those dots. And so, yeah. Well, here's how that happened, apparently, okay? So it wasn't even anything to do with a film program there initially. It was the School of Music that had the idea, someone there, to invite a film director to stage a production of Stravinsky's opera, The Rake's Progress. And this was 1982, and it was like the composer's centenary birthday, Mm -hmm. I guess. And there was other meetings going on there. There was a big whole musical to-do in Ann Arbor that year. So they invited Altman, of all people. I don't quite know why (laughs) they thought of him. They did. He accepted and he came there, and yeah, he started teaching filmmaking classes as well as working on the opera. And he used the crew that you spoke of, in addition to some students. Yeah. And so, the score that George Burt guy, why you couldn't find much else about him, was that he was a professor there. I think that was his main oh, gig, wow. and that was all mentioned on yeah on Criterion's website. So, from what I learned from IMDb, is that they shot for about seven days. So it took him about a week, which kind of makes sense. You know, again, it is a one-man gig. And uh, it is just, you know, this long monologue. Uh, It says that they filmed in sequence and scene order, which also makes a ton of sense Mm -hmm. for for what it is. And that they uh, set up a room in the University of Michigan campus building uh, for both uh, Robert Altman and Philip Baker Hall to, to hang out and relax in while they were shooting this. Maybe... They had some beds in there, it appears. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. Maybe those guys just like to nap. Yeah, I don't blame right. them. Napping is all right. Now, yeah, the final, and I don't know. I didn't see another connection that Altman maybe had to the university. 
but they were able to require did i say require mm-hmm. they were able to acquire um uh his entire like library and art archives excuse me um from his estate after he passed oh wow and uh man it uh, we'll have to post a link to that website because it's crazy like it says that they had like over 900 boxes all the documents and various things like if they lined them up it would be over 1,000 linear feet and one of the things like it breaks it down a little bit they don't have all the stuff online but they do have some stuff and like one of the things they mentioned was the Miller beer commercial series like I, di- I didn't really realize or think about I mean, Altman, I guess, just made a ton of commercials. He had his own commercial production company, I think, called Villains. And yeah, he did a whole series of uh, Miller commercials while he was in Ann Arbor. And uh, it says that some of the, you know, there were actors, Jonathan Frakes uh, and David Allen Greer were the ones that I recognized who appeared in some of these ads. So maybe we'll find some of those as well. And then the best the best discovery of the day for me was uh, on this website at University of Michigan they also have like a little section where they talk about they have part of the archives are labeled the unfinished or suspended projects of Robert Altman yeah. um dated through the 60s from today and there were, uh, apparently he worked on an Amos and Andy script with Harry Belafonte wow uh he got a, a draft of A Confederacy of Dunces, the famous John Kennedy tool book that everybody's wanted to make for over the years. It's never been made to date. And The Corrections, which was the Jonathan Franza novel, oh, wow. which HBO eventually made a pilot of and never aired. It got shelved. Uh, but you know, that was a huge book. It was the Oprah Book Club and everything. Uh, there was a miniseries that he was developing based on Royal Doll short stories. And there was also a possible shortcuts sequel that he was developing Holy at one shit. point. And so, man, if anybody is listening from the University of <laughs> Michigan, I would love to like get my hands on some of those things. It's so cool. Yeah. And um, one of the things that, that they did have on the website that was really neat was they had a letter from Steven Spielberg to Warner Brothers about he had borrowed a print of McCabe and Mrs. Miller, I think in the nineties and watched it at his home, of course, and wrote them a letter saying this thing was, had deteriorated so much that it was basically only the colors red and white and was all but unviewable. And he feared greatly that any of their prints and possibly all of their prints that were over 20 years, you know, old or in that era, that McCabe and Mrs. Miller were shot may all be in the same state. Oh, wow. And, you know, it was just, you know, it's basically Spielberg saying, hey, you guys got to do something about yeah. this. And then they also had a letter then from Altman to Spielberg saying, thank you. Isn't it bizarre and yet unfortunate and not uncommon that here we are and it takes groups like us that have joined like Scorsese's restoration process to try and raise money for movies that they own yeah <laughs> you know to fix these movies and all that stuff's just like oh man that's just would love to like you know get your hands on all that stuff and just go through it it'd be awesome anywho that's michigan right yeah. we'll go get our degrees there someday possibly so. um so yeah the play that this is based on apparently came to Altman's attention via producer Robert Bushel, and it says that uh, he was so taken with it that he produced an off-Broadway version of it at some point. Uh, I'd love to find out where exactly and and how that went down, and if that was with uh, Philip Baker Hall as well. 
Um, but the sh- it says that the movie is about an hour shorter than the play. I read that on IMDb. But I also read that he apparently cut very little from it at all. In fact, um, there was a man listed as associate director, I think, in the credits, mm-hmm. named Robert Harder. And he's the man that directed the original stage version. Oh. Um, so I, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see, you know, exact side by side if the if the play script is is drastically different from the film script. Anyway, um, it's not the only one man movie about a president. Apparently, uh, there's one about Truman called "Give Him Hell, Harry." Came out in '75 with James Whitmore. And then he also played uh, Theodore Roosevelt in Bully, an adventure with Teddy Roosevelt in 1978. Wow. So I don't know. Maybe someday we can do the trilogy of one man <laughs> president movies. I can I do know. it. I can definitely do it. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I'd never heard of either of those other ones. Who knows how they are? True. Uh, so yeah, this movie, it came out. It had its premiere, Toronto Film Festival, uh, 15th of September, 1984, which, yeah, it's like a decade after Nixon resigned, right? Um, Not too far off there. And then it also did the Berlin Film Festival. But as far as I can tell, this thing got released in New York in 85 and L.A. uh, like a few months later, and that was it. It, It's not even on Box Office Mojo. Like, I found a list of Altman movies on Box Office Mojo, and it's not even on that. So I have no clue how much money or if any money that this movie made. I know it was released overseas, at least in France. Um, but other than that, no clue. Uh, so Criterion, so did Criterion basically made, just totally save this movie? I think in some ways, yes. Now, uh, that said... Uh, it got some really great reviews, though, even uh, at the time, which obviously it played in New York and L.A., so it's it's going to get a few of those. Um, but one of the things that was kind of interesting, I guess IMDb made the point in the trivia that that it was no secret that Altman, you know, what his what his politics were. Mm-hmm. And so people, I think, were, were a little surprised by the fact that it's somewhat of an even-handed uh, portrayal of Nixon in the movie. Right. And Ebert, in fact, said, a quote, a strange thing happened to me as I watched this film. I knew it was fiction. I didn't approach it in the spirit of learning the truth about Nixon, but as a movie, it created a deeper truth, an artistic truth. And after seeing Secret Honor, you know what? I had a deeper sympathy for Richard Nixon than I ever had before. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting. And uh, Vincent Canby at the New York Times said, it, quote, one of the funniest, most unsettling, most imaginative, and most surprisingly affecting movies of its very odd kind I've ever seen. So, hey, pretty nice. Yeah. I'd take it. Uh, and lastly, this movie, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, wouldn't we all? I mean, it's kind of like a such a specific compliment when he says the movies of its very odd kind, which I guess he's maybe... I read the whole review. It didn't seem to be completely lumping it into the category with uh, Ebert made the comparison to my dinner with Andre, but there's only like a handful of these movies that are literally just dialogue with one or two characters. Anyway, movie was also known as Lords of Treason, which is kind of a title. I think is awesome. It doesn't necessarily, (laughs) I mean, maybe it's a little on the nose, but I don't know. And then uh, secret honor, a political myth and also secret honor, the last Testament of Richard M. Nixon. I think might be is that the full t- yeah I think that's the full title on the Criterion DVD. Okay, yeah. But uh, 
That's it, Craig. Well, that's all I need, Sean. I've I've decided I'm going to watch it. <laughs> well, good. It worked. Yeah, I I got super excited about all that stuff about Michigan, and uh, I thought that was all really cool. That's really great. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know where else to look for the box office of this thing. We'll have to see. I am kind of curious about that. Um, if it if what the budget was and and like what it made back and exactly how this movie got financed for being such a specific thing that he shot at a university while he was teaching yeah. <laughs> with students. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah, Secret Honor, I'm psyched. Um, hopefully I won't have to impeach you after that podcast, you know? Mm. Uh, well, hopefully you won't have to resign. Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. well, we did record all of this, so at least that's Yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. just redact some of it. Everybody come back next time. Check out the movie and uh, brush up on your Nixonian history. And Craig, any last words to take us out on? Uh, yes. If the only friend you have is a magical friend, then you probably don't have any friend at all. Have a good night. <laughs> How dare you say that about my magical friends? <laughs>